this is Wicked Spursy. So we're walking up uh, from Seven Sisters now towards the stadium, which we can see. Uh, Brian, how are you feeling as you approach uh, the end of your pilgrimage to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Uh, pretty phenomenal, my friend. Uh, this is very exciting. Culmination of many years of following Tottenham coming up. Are you excited about the game? I am. I'm excited about this team in general this year. I think this might be the best team since I started watching. And do you have a prediction for the result today? Oof. In my heart of hearts, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm hoping for 2-0 Spurs. Ooh, 2 I hope Sonny gets his first goal. Son with one. Any other thoughts on the other scorer? Uh, I'll tell you, it's going to start with a Perisic cross. Probably an own goal in that case. <laughs> we will come back to you with a few comments at the stadium. <laughs> Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, want to ask you first, how you doing? And then tell us a little bit about that clip that we just heard of two uh, two fellas walking up to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, that was uh, our friends Brian from Rhode Island and uh, Ross from Sweden. Ross isn't really from Sweden, um, but he lives that he lives there currently with his uh, with his wife and beautiful child. And uh, this was Brian's first. Uh, ever pilgrimage to the old Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and uh, doing all the things that you do when you go to a match there. And uh, of all of us that have done this podcast uh, from the States, uh, us from the States, he is the first, you know, he, he was the maiden voyage of the Wicked Wicked Spursy crew and uh, wonderful, wonderful to hear him uh, give uh, his little pregame his little pregame uh, prognosis, I guess you could say. And, um, well, I, I think it kind of worked out a little bit. Kind of did. Yeah. Good, good pregame. Uh, we'll share, we'll share some halftime analysis a little bit later. Although I was, I'm telling you, I kept asking him to send me pictures of, of stadium food and uh, analysis of the drinks, you know, before and after and got nothing. Did you get anything? You get any, uh, any, any food shots? Uh, no food shots. No. Um, so Brian, you 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 failed. Um, you had one job and, and you didn't manage to do it. So thanks so much for that. Well, I know you'll hear this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doc is pay. Your stipend <laughs> has been reduced, buddy. How about you otherwise, Mike? How you doing? Uh great, wonderful weekend. Uh wonderful week leading up. On Friday, Lucas had his uh had his first middle school game, which I was super nervous about because they played on a high school size field, fifth and sixth grade. Uh, kids so if you can imagine 10 and 11 year old kids uh, played in a high school size field 11 v 11 where his academy field has different rules because they follow uh, they follow the Vermont Football Association uh, rules and they play 9 v 9 on a slightly smaller field so uh, within the first five minutes Lucas had uh, Lucas had he was playing right wing he had two goals um, and then an assist right off the bat after that. Um, I say it was an assist because uh, I think he, I think he actually shot the ball 
but it got tapped in by another kid. So I'm calling it an assist. And then in the second half, he was uh he was moved to striker because coach was trying to get him his trying to get him his hat trick. And uh he missed a couple. Um he missed a couple of uh I wouldn't say sitters, but he, a couple of nice shots that he put in that that went wide. Um, but he had a, a wonderful game. He ended up drawing a penalty in the box. And uh, it was at that point that they called the subs in. So he wasn't on the field to take the penalty shot to get his. So um, that's unfortunate. No, and, and they ended up winning six to two, which is kind of interesting. Lucas, uh, I had sent you guys that picture earlier in the week that said, uh, you know, Lucas got his number seven. He was hoping to get Sonny's number. And uh, he got his number seven. So. And is uh, he got the brace and his number seven. So very nice. I said I had hoped that he was going to pull Sonny out. And today he had a game with the Academy, uh, the Far Post Academy, and um, they got beat for one by a bunch of 13 year old kids, which is fine. But Lucas, uh, Lucas had a beautiful, beautiful goal, um, similar to Benton Kerr's goal, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, and uh, it was on a beautifully paid, played pass uh, from um, a young man named Amatai, who is a hell of a hell of a central attacking midfielder um, for that team. Uh, it's going to be exciting uh, to see them going forward. But other than that, we had a fall fest um, with some wonderful fireworks, some good food, good music, good drinks. Everybody was having a great time last night. It was a great day, great day altogether. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. Steve, I'm a little concerned for you. Can you top that? How are you doing? Well, I don't know that I can necessarily top that per se, but uh, no, it was it was a good weekend all around for us as well. Um, we had quite a little surprise. So uh, Mike and the uh, Green Mountain Spurs guys and I got together at Goodwater to watch the game on Saturday. And we were joined um, sort of out of nowhere by uh, a couple of members of Arizona Spurs who were up for a wedding. And I guess they found us on on Facebook, saw that we were having this uh, viewing party and uh, decided to stop by. Uh, so it was really cool to get uh, another another Spurs supporters group up and, and watching the game with us. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to hear how they tell it, you know, their group is so much bigger than Green Mountain Spurs that they get like, what do you say, like 30 or 40 people to these things easy. And we had like seven before they showed up. Um, but, you know, it was still a good time. We got to watch the match, got to enjoy it. I had my son, uh, Isaac, with us. Um, and he was, he was loving it. He was loving the attention. He was loving the energy. Um, so glad I was able to share that with him. And then today we went and uh, did our first round of apple picking, which was awesome. I already turned uh, a good chunk of that into a nice apple pie. I'm particularly pleased with this because I've been working on perfecting my recipe. And one of the things that I do for my pies is I caramelize the apples before I put them in as a filling. So you know, when you cut into it, it holds its shape, it holds its integrity, it's fantastic. But uh, this year, in addition to doing that, I took the excess liquid um, that I got from caramelizing those apples, and instead of tossing it, I just 
poured it out into a, a separate cup. And uh, right before we served it, I boiled that off even more, added some bourbon into it uh, and turned it into like almost like a caramel to drizzle on top of it. And it was perfection. Um, so I am living on that apple pie high right now. Um, and this is, like I said, first trip. We're going to do this at least once more with uh, my sister-in-law and her family. So I will be making quite a few pies over the next couple of weeks. Steve, I um, am, <laughs> I'm actually fascinated by that because what you just described sounds outstanding and sounds delicious. My only problem is I, I can't stand fruit-based pies, which means I don't like many pies, if I'm being honest, right? But um, yeah, the concept of fruit being baked just just does something to me where I just can't pull it off. So sounds delicious, but I'm going to leave that to you to enjoy for yourself. So you don't need to send me that that piece you were thinking of sending. Just want you to know. That's fair. I'll drop yeah. some off to Mike. Yeah, Mike <laughs> shaking, enjoy it. Mike's shaking his head at me like I'm some sort of heathen. I mean, I'm, I'm getting straight up judgment through the Zoom right now. We know we know all about your my food based judgments of you. <laughs> so I'm going to contact HR about the way I'm being treated, actually, Mike, just so you know. I mean, it starts with hot dogs. It goes to what he calls pizza. Now he's bagging on apple pie. Yeah, Man. I guess I'm on American. Yes, so pretty close. Pretty close. Unbelievable. <laughs> Very nice. Well, gentlemen, we've got some football to talk about. Um Mike, let's have you uh, let's have you give it a run first, and I'm curious. You want to start with yesterday's match, or you want to start with the the? We only played once. Garbage... I don't know oh, what you're okay, talking about. you want to talk about this week's only match? Is that the plan? Mike, talk about what you want. What I want, okay. Um, so sporting happened, right? Okay, we'll say it. We'll say it happened. It happened. A lot of people freaking out. I don't think it's a big deal, you know. Um. You lose games in the Champions League, you know, that happens, you know, we lost games in 1819, you know, indeed, right. I mean, barely, we barely got out of the, barely got out of the, uh, the group, right. And when we got out of the group, okay, things kind of flattened out and worked out for Spurs uh, from there, from there on. So I, no worry, no reason to freak out against about a, a, a side that is just, a super a super team uh, they uh i kind of maybe misinterpreted that their style of play and how good they are and uh, how technically sound they are so good on them for uh for uh beating spurs in the 90th plus minutes so great <clears throat> all right that then we lead lead into uh yesterday um saw a lineup change quite a few little lineup changes I uh, got to see Sonny uh, uh, sit out of the starting lineup. Got to see Decky back in. Um, moved Richie over to uh, to the left side. Um, the one head scratcher, but I understand why it was needed to be done, <clears throat> uh, was um, the Davinson Sanchez for Romero. I understand why it needed to be done. Squad rotation is a good thing. Uh, Ben Davis uh, has a little bit of a knock, so he ended up uh, also uh, being switched out for Clement Longley, who um, I think he's a great workman. I, he goes out there and he, and he does the job that he needs to do, um, gets that job done. And he's he does 
I wouldn't say he's wonderful or an amazing player, but he does the work that needs to be done um, that, you know, typically goes overlooked. All right. So <laughs> getting into that, it looks like we've become sort of uh, a set piece juggernaut, right? Um, whether it's taking the short corner and bringing it back out for a cross in or straight up uh, from the corner, you know, uh, Decky got the get Decky got to take a corner and then uh, ended up uh, kicking it to a to a short man and ended up getting the ball back, crossing it in perfectly, pinpoint perfectly, which is what Decky does. Um, Decky does what Decky does and uh, gets it into Harry Kane. And and quite honestly, that play looked very very similar to the Harry Kane header that uh, sunk Arsenal. Um, last year at the end of the year, um, Harry Kane just kind of, for some reason was just allowed to sneak, sneak into that far post and, uh, easily had the ball in and, you know, that's what Harry Kane does, um, on set pieces, you know, that's what he brings to the team. And he's constantly amazing me, um, every single, every single time that we, uh, we get to watch him out there it's it, he amazes me um so yeah after uh last year's beginning of the season yeah you're fully forgiven harry kane um and you know we always have problems with lester it's always a crazy game with lester and i say always and i mean always like every single time we play them it's always a crazy game and this was no exception um I think that the penalty was a stupid penalty, and I bet Steve will get into that. Um, it was an unnecessary. It was an unnecessary slide, early, early, early slide. Um, but the thing that I saw, I just did a rewatch uh, right before we came on. The thing that I saw that I I, I want to highlight, uh, especially in the first half, is how fucking terrible Perisic is. Uh, man on man defense if if he's in open an open field he's getting beat 100% of the time we love the fact that he's great on the ball we love the fact that he can cross the ball he's fan he's fantastic when he has the ball at his feet it's just he cannot defend he just can't do it um which you know is kind of the opposite of what we would get with an emerson out there um, so first half was kind of was kind of sketchy. We had that beautiful header from from uh, Eric Dyer, uh, finally getting back on the score sheet. Um, uh, another perfectly placed ball by the aforementioned Perisic, um, and you know I, I got to say that second goal um, from Lester, I, I I wasn't really that impressed by it. I think, I think the ball in was nice by Castagne, um, but the, I don't know, Madison, Madison, I think gets lucky there and just gets his leg on it. He didn't get his foot on the ball. He, you know, it, it grazed off of his, off of his shin. He just swung his leg out there. The, the, the commentators on NBC made it seem like it was some brilliant piece of, of work that he did to, to score that goal. I mean, 
I mean, if I swung my leg up that high, my back would be broken and I'd be what it would have ended up on my face. But, you know, that's a professional footballer. You know, he took a chance, swung his leg at the ball, got it at the he timed it right. And that was about it. I didn't I wasn't that impressed by it. The thing I am impressed with Lester, uh, besides their lack of the ability to put the ball actually on net. Um, I was impressed at their passing. They pass very well. They hold possession very well. They move the ball around uh, the outside of the box, but they never seem to get those guys that run into the box from behind. They don't have anybody that, you know, in the midfield that's going to scare you. Um, outside of Ndidi, who in the past has been has been a phenomenal player for them, he just had a shit game today. His passes were lazy. He was lazy on the ball. He was lazy defending. Um, and that's something you just don't see out of him. And I think that's like emblematic of what's happening in Leicester uh, right now. Um, so we go into halftime, 2-2. And um, let's talk about Silky Pudding. Can we talk about Silky Pudding? See, it just we sounds talk, like Tuesday talk- Pudding. No, it sounds gross, dude. It sounds gross. We can talk about <laughs> we can talk about silky pudding if you like. So, uh, he was he was okay in the first half. The second half, and I think, and it's just a thing with Spurs this year. We're gonna just have to get used to it. He uh, he stole that ball like he he came from from pretty far away. To, he saw that coming, and and like I said, Ndidi was just kind of lazy on the ball. He received the ball and he just didn't turn. He was just standing there with the ball. And Roddy saw that and picked his pocket straight up and just went by Ward. Like, if you could find a guy to replace Schmeichel, that is probably the worst choice. It would have been Galini. But they found the next guy who was Ward. That's two weeks we've bagged on Galini, man. I'm (laughs) feeling bad for him. Why would you feel bad? He's a goofball. He wasn't a good. He just wasn't a good did, goalkeeper. Did you see the one. video of him yeah. uh, from this past week where he was screwing around with the ball and <laughs> pretty much gifted the other team a goal? It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And then you know, I mean, outside of that, I think the second half we played we played well into it. Like you, I think up until that point, I think my man of the match was probably either Benton Kerr. Or Decky, um, I think I think Spurs are just a different team with Decky out there. I think they're dangerous. I think they're scary. I think anything can happen when he's out there, and it's and it's just his amazing work rate that that brings that to the to the to the field. So, um, I I just I just love the guy. Uh, I'm gonna let Steve take it. Because I I, I feel uh, a, a number a number seven love fest coming on, so I'm gonna let Steve take it from here and see what he thought about the maybe the two games, maybe the first half, but um, I just want to hear what he has to say about the rest of the game. That's true, and Steve, you should probably recap um, comments you've made previously in prior weeks just to set the stage for for uh, your you know, your, your game comments. I'm going to because. I've seen the same sort of um, reaction uh, online that just blows my mind and how the point was clearly missed, right? So 
son comes on, he gets his hat trick. Yay, son. Way to go. We're happy for you. Right. Um, I've called for him to be benched. Right. Yes, and I, I stand have. by that decision and people are saying, <clears throat> you know, he comes on, he scores three goals. How do you bench him? It's like, well, he was on the bench. That's why and he, he scored three goals. And yeah. <laughs> scored three goals. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of miss the point that we got what we wanted. Son was benched. He comes on, he performs. That's what you want from your player, right? He's not performing. He's out of the starting 11. He gets a shot. He takes it. That's perfect. Had he not scored those three goals, then we could go back and say, oh, well, you know, he was right to be on the bench. You know, what are we going to do? Sky is falling, whatever. But that wasn't the case. He was benched. He reacted the way that we wanted him to, the way that we know Son is capable of doing. And now he looks like he's, uh, you know, his happy self. Is it, you know, just lightning in a bottle or are we going to see, um, are we going to see more from him over the next couple of weeks? Um, well, it's kind of hard. We got international break coming up. So it's kind of a shitty time to refine your form right before you're going to take a little bit of a break from the team. But no, I maintain that benching him was the right decision. And I think the fact that he comes off the bench, scores three goals, shows that it was the correct decision. And now he's staking his claim for having that starting spot again right? Like that's, that's the way it should work. That's the way in a team with so much depth and rotation available, you should have players be thinking if I'm on the bench next time I'm on the field, I need to do something or I'm just going to be right back here. He took his chance. He got us those goals. He helped us to an emphatic win. And for me, that's, that's exactly why he needed that little, you know, kick in the ass, just jumpstart him, get him right back. Um, break the floodgates. Hopefully we'll see uh, a, a lot more from him, but brilliant second half performance uh, off the bench from sign. I got no complaints for him um, after that showing. I just hope that it's not a one-time thing and that he does continue to uh, do that. You know, maybe he's got the, uh, you know, he's, he's kicked his curse or whatever um, and he's back to back to normal, but only time will tell. Um, but it just blows my mind that so many people were, were saying, oh, he should be starting. This is why it's like, well, he wasn't starting. He was on the bench and that's what you got. So those of us who wanted that are completely vindicated because of it. Um, I will say though, there are people who, uh, wanted to like completely blame him for every single thing that's ever gone wrong with the team. And that's just not fair either. Um, you know, I'm talking specifically about like the the midweek fixture. Uh, that was just a garbage team performance all around. Um, it's it's not Sun's fault specifically. It's the entire team was shit. Um, but we're past that. We thrashed bottom of the table Leicester. Maybe we cost Rogers his job. We'll see. Only time will tell for that one too. It'd be a good time for Lester to uh, get a new a new manager in at you know international break. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to see him back, uh, smiling and and you know doing what we all know he's capable of doing. Um, but at the same time, we also need to remember that these guys aren't eternal. There will be a time where they cannot perform, and as fans, we just need to remember that, you know, these guys aren't meant to be firing 
100% all of the time for their entire lives, at some point, they will dip off and they won't come back from it. And that's okay. We can remember all the good memories that they brought us and acknowledge that, hey, you know, they're not as good as they were in their peak. Both things can be true. Just, you know, we don't be disrespectful about it. Don't be disrespectful to other fans who are trying to have, you know, a, a, a nice dialogue about it, a friendly debate. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The fans, sometimes the fans just get on my nerves, you know, and, and it's the vocal minority of them that just want to like, you know, trash talk, pick fights with people. And yeah, it's, it's kind of disgusting. So always complaints, right? Always complaints. It's always complaints. And it's, it's a lack of accountability too. I, you know, part of it is just the, the guise of anonymity on the internet, right? You can go out in there, you can say whatever the hell you want. Um, speaking of, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys saw this one. So, um, Vinicius Jr. was uh, the target of some racial abuse um, again. And uh, I guess Richarlison found the person who did it and sent him a, a DM or something, calling him a piece of shit or something. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's our guy right there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I- Speaking of speaking of uh, like Twitter internet, question for you guys. There's there's a guy on Twitter that um, we follow as Wicked Spursy. I think his name is that like Sun- me probably. Well, yeah, there's lots of guys like that on Twitter, but yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think his name is like Simon Yamane Yamane. I'm not sure how to pronounce, but he goes by Spurs International. He he made a statement earlier today that I thought was intriguing. It was along these lines. This is not a direct quote. Basically, it was like we keep saying that we're looking for an Erickson type to, to come into the club, but Decky may actually be that guy. So what do you guys think about that statement? I thought it was intriguing opinions. You know, here's, here's the thing. I was thinking the same thing. Well, not along the same lines uh, today. Um, thinking about it on the rewatch and we, for so long were, you know, we needed that replace for replacement for Musa Dembele, right? We're still looking for that fucking replacement for Musa Dembele, and um, now we're looking for that replacement for Christian Eriksen. And it, it, fine, that's fine. You can say what you want to say. We don't need to replace players when we're playing in different fucking systems. Like, stop living in the past. And I think that. You know, Spurs fans, Spurs fans often like to do that. I mean, the fans from every team like to do that, unless, you know, you're the fucking Detroit Lions who are perennial <laughs> fucking losers who just beat my commanders today. But no offense to our, <laughs> our fans in Detroit. But. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just that way. And, and why do we need to replace players Maybe we need to replace production or we want to replace, you know, maybe I I don't know if that's what people are feeling, but I think within the greater football and community, we want to have the same feeling around players as we felt around those particular players. Right. I don't want to replace Erickson because I don't think there's a place for an Erickson type in this team, in this I mean, maybe there is because he, Conte, used Erickson, you know, but and turned him into 
a, a player that could fit into that system. But the the Ericsson that we had, we we don't need to replace because that was a different Ericsson. He didn't fit into Conte's system. That's you know that that player right now for me is is uh you know it can be Bentinker, it can be Skip, it, it but I feel like it's Basuma, you know, um, Basuma's that guy, and I think I think that you're gonna see him getting more and more minutes as the season goes on, as he gets more comfortable with the system. He's not taking to it right now. Conte said it himself. He's not taking it taking to the system right yet, quite yet. That's what happened with Erickson there. So we don't need to replace Dembele. We don't need to replace Erickson. We don't need to replace anybody. We need to place players who fit into the system and play well within the system into the system. So that's what I've got to say to that guy. I like that, buddy. Place, not replace. That's good. I like that very much. Impressive, Mike. Steve, opinions on that, or, or are you good with what Mike said? Uh, I, I have I, a day for the day. That's great. Well, I, I mean, I actually Mission accomplished. what Mike said, like 100%. Uh, the only thing that I would add is that, you know, Decky's a different profile than Erickson. He's not, he's not using some sort of technical prowess to unlock these defenses. He's using more of his physicality, his speed, his strength, to bully his way past defenders. And honestly, I think that's what makes him so much more effective uh, when he's on the fields. Because if you look at, uh, you know, Richarlison, he's got the speed thing down. He can beat a defender, no problem. But he gets touched and he goes down more often than not on the easier side. (laughs) When you've got Sun, another guy, fast, very technical. He gets hit, he goes down. Decky, a defender comes up and like rushes right into the uh, back of Decky. He's playing right into his hands. That guy will absorb that blow, push the ball past him, and then use his pace to outmaneuver him. He offers that sort of hold up play that Kane does in the center of the field, but off on a wing. Um, so it just helps stretch out the defense. It gives us another option. Um, and it allows some of the other players, particularly the wing back on, you know, the right side, if he's playing out there, uh, to get involved. You know, there's a number of, of times where we saw Decky and Emerson, Decky and Perisic, Decky and whoever, who were in close proximity to each other on the side. But when one receives the ball, the other one is making that darting run in. He's drawing defenders with him. And that opens up space. It allows Decky to either play into that run, make the run himself, or pick out a cross in the box. The options are there. He's got more dimensions that this physicality brings than our Richarlison and our son. Not saying that they're not effective in their own ways, but you know, when you've got um, you know, two guys up front doing the exact same thing and only one person can really be that hold up focal point, it it doesn't really offer you quite as many options as when you've got a couple of people who could be that focal point. It, it, you have to decide, you know, do you double up on Kane? Do you double up on, on Decky? Cause you need to do one, right? You can't just let the wings be as they are. Somebody needs that, that extra guy. Um, and it, it's much easier to do it when you've got somebody you can bully off the ball, like a Richarlison or a son, you know, if they're not, if, if you let them beat you for pace, you're done. If not, they're down. Decky's not like that. Decky offers that, that little bit of extra strength uh, that sometimes I think the team could use in, in other areas and, and 
for me, that's part of what makes him um, such a great buy. Because uh, he, and the other thing that I also appreciate about him is, and you know, I encourage you all when he's not on the ball, watch what he's doing. That dude is constantly looking around to see where everybody is around him. So he already knows what he's going to do. Hoiberg is the other person that I see uh, do that. Kane as well. You know, these are some incredibly smart passers of the ball, incredibly talented players. That for me, like if, if you're bringing up your child um, and you want them to be, you know, particularly good as an attacking player, have them watch these guys. These guys are scanning. They're seeing what's going on around them. They know where their teammates are. They know where the defenders are. And they use that to their advantage. He's an incredible talent. Um, you know, Erickson for us, I, I think Mike was spot on. He was th- an incredible player for where he was playing in that squad. We've got a different squad now. We have different needs. And Decky for me is, is doing something that Erickson could not in this team. Um, but that's just the way it is. It's it's fine. It doesn't need to be a competition. Quality analysis, boys. You know what I love about Decky? What I love about Decky is he, what is he, 22 or is he maybe still 21? He's a young fella, but, but he looks like a 45 year old guy who just got off a really tough day at the office. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he just has, he just has that age to look to him, which I, I, I appreciate about our ginger friend from Sweden. That's fantastic. Um, Mike, I've been thinking about something I want to throw at you. You ready, sure. you ready for this one? Of course I am. I have been wondering as I contemplate where we're going with the pod right now, I've been wondering what you're doing and specifically i'm wondering hey mike what you drinking oh um i think you had a different question for me this time oh, man. I'm taking, Come on. I'm taking that long wind up long wind up trying to give you time to get ready trying to let you grab it trying to get yeah the, it's like it's like the cap to pop it and it's like you, a position player coming into pitch and you threw me that ethos that's pitch right and <laughs> missed, swung and missed. that's exactly right um so uh today i have a really great one because um we don't always get this beer here i know it's probably a very uh a very common beer uh in places but we don't get it a lot here and so this year i decided to order um this beer and they really only order 10 to 15 of these uh every year at the at the beverage warehouse um but i got because it is the start of oktoberfest in germany I got the gift set. Ooh, little polliner. Look at that. Little polliner. Come, come uh, with a stein. The actual fest beer. So, yeah, uh, it, did, it did come with a stein. It's a full, and it, yeah, it came in from Germany. Uh, Mike is opening the package now, folks. This is, this is fresh product right here. Although, did you have it's that been, package in your fridge? It's been sitting in my fridge, yeah. Look at that. Impressive. Look at the size of this can. You thought those cans were big. This is a full liter. What is that in American? A liter. It's a liter. It's a liter in American as well. <laughs> Mike, one, one of the, for give me some fucking cola. Mike, it's one a, of these it's days. A it's a quart. One of these days, I'll allow my wife to tell you the the, the story of uh, my exploits in Munich and at the Hofbrauhaus in particular, but not on the internet. We won't tell those stories, but I, I will <laughs> let her share that with you at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the Oktoberfest beer. Um, this is, uh, one of the oldest breweries in Germany. Uh, I think it opened, it, well, it says right here, 1634. Um, this beer in particular, I've never had, I've had a couple of their, of their other beers. Uh, I I've had their, 
Um, I've had their Hefeweizen, which was fine, but I expect a lot out of this beer. I've, I've had their, um, they made a Dunkel, and they have, uh, they also have another Oktoberfest that's a Marzen, uh, which is a typical, a, a darker beer. Um, but I'm very excited for this. And it came with a giant stein, which is bigger than my head. About as big as my head. Um, so let's get in this can. This can has a crazy top on it, too. Oh, you're, you're muted, David. Oh, what I said was, ooh, that's kind of old school looking. You know, it's, it, it almost looks like an old can of Foster's, right? The whole can, the whole can. Australian like, for beer. <laughs> this whole can is like old school. Like it's, it's, it's like they only make a few of these, so they don't really have real cans because most of their beers come in, in glass bottles. By the way, Barney and Dan, I want to know how I did with the Australian accent there. So uh, send your send your condolences to me, please. Back to you, Mike. They're going to send you hate mail. I, I, I hope they make fun of you. I, I guarantee it. I, I'm, I'm open to it. Well, you like that? It opens like an oil can. <laughs> All right, let's pour this. Oh, you hear that? This is going to take forever to pour. There's a lot of beer here. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Oh, so far it is crisp looking. It is clear. It's got a good head on it. It smells. Oh, it smells bready. Yeah, it smells good. He's still pouring, folks. Holy shit. Oh, look at that head. That's like a 12 finger breadhead right there, isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a full loaf. <laughs> It's a bucket head for sure. <laughs> Looks like an ice cream sundae, Mike. You know, the thing is, like this this stein, this glass stein that it came with, it's got the polymer on the front of it, but it has a, like a, a ridge here, which is where your head is supposed to be on the beer. You see that ridge? You've exceeded the head yeah. ridge. You clearly nailed that one, Mike. Ridge, which means it was a shitty pour. That's perfect. Our German fun. listeners, I'd like to apologize for Mike's behavior. I have not. I, I haven't offended them terribly because the. Uh, I if they could see how you poured, they would be. You've you violated like every every German brewing purity law that there is has been broken by this pour. I, I have not. Let me take a picture of it too. Yeah, just wait for it to settle a little bit so you can hide your shame. This thing's gonna do it with my hand. This is a giant fucking beer. I can't wait to go to Germany. This is gonna be awesome. All right, can we, we uh, expense that, Dave? Can you run that by HR? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hit the the finance team up for that and see if we can write that one off for you, Mike. Perfect. Uh, yeah, just tell them to deposit the money in my Venmo because <laughs> I, I only work on Venmo. All right. Cheers. 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 I'll drink to that, I guess. I am drinking something a little closer to home—a nice Sam Adams Boston Lager. There you go. Oh, he's even got the uh, the Oktoberfest head in his mustache. Way to go, Mike. Looking, Ooh, looking good. Wow. <clears throat> All right, that's good beer. Um, that's like what beer is supposed to taste like. Um, it is sweet. It has a sweet sweetness to it. Um, I don't even know. Like this is this is the same type of any uh, fest beer is like a beer that they would serve at any Oktoberfest celebration. Um, 
and they make a lot of it i'm assuming um because it goes for like what fucking three weeks you know so uh this is about six percent alcohol by volume which you know is is pretty uh it's pretty standard um but this is a I, I what I'm assuming is a typical Bavarian style beer, and uh, this is uh, they, it says what the locals the locals call it liquid gold. So they make it only for Oktoberfest, which is great. Um, I'm I'm kind of Steve. While we're doing this, I'm going to take another sip and then I'll give you my rating. But um, can you look to see if Alone Freighter has done any uh, done any work on this one? Yes, I suppose I can look up our Thank our you. good friend Nemesis. I'm gonna take another sip of this. I'm very excited. This is this beer is really good. Oh, let's see here. All right, have you have you entered your uh, your rating in yet, Stephen? We have entered our ratings and our song predictions. Oh, okay. Yeah, in fact, uh, mine is uh, pretty make or break. Like this could this could ruin the podcast if you don't pick it. This, this could be the the final. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? If you although Steve, mine's mine's there. It's right for the all picking. Right, all right. Okay. Um. So I am gonna go uh, three point nine on this. Oh, you he threaded the needle, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Steve said 3.8. I said 4.1. You you oh, wow. you got right in you. right in the wheelhouse. Well done. Uh I would drink a lot of these. Uh I, I'm trying to, as we go here, adjust my scale so that it's not too outrageous for David. In other um, words, it's it's appropriate. Not too outrageous means appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. So uh <laughs> You know, my song, uh... boy, this is going to be hard. I haven't even thought about it. I'm going to take another step. It should be easy. I I, I think it should. (laughs) It should be easy? Should it be like uh, a German band? You guys are they're, now they're texting each other. This is great. <laughs> oh God! You know, I'm I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna delay this one for you because I just I I I'm, I think there's some uh, tomfoolery going on. No, no shenanigans at all. We're just we're just making good predictions, and we want to see who's right. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say Duhast. There, done. I can accept that. I can accept that. Acceptable. Acceptable. Steve, right. uh, what was your song prediction? 99 Left Balloons. Oh, <laughs> by Nana. Oh, yes. And my my most recent one was the chicken dance, Mike. I thought you were going with the chicken dance. Uh, no, that's decidedly the chicken dance is decidedly Polish. It doesn't matter. I thought you were going with the chicken dance. No, not chicken dance. Chicken dance would have been funny though. Decidedly yeah. Polish. That's a that's a great. <laughs> It's a great phrase too. I don't know how I should feel about that. Levin, Lewandowski is decidedly Polish. Would you agree? Uh, he is decidedly. Well, they, we can say that like Decky is not decidedly Swedish. I mean, he's from Sweden, right? 
like I'm from the United States, but I am Irish and I am Czech, right? You know, so I mean, I think so Lewandowski is decidedly Polish from <laughs> Poland. Decidedly. Good stuff, Mike. Good stuff. Any more comments on uh, on this one? Looks good. No, I mean, I, I just I I I love everything about this beer. Um, it actually got it was imported by um, an importer in White Plains, New York. So I'm going to have to find more beers that are imported by this company uh, so I can get. I have to expand my taste because I think the American beer market is just so flooded with a bunch of fucking stupid nonsense after you know after the height of the craft beer revolution like every beer tastes the same now and you have these brewers that go from place to place to place you know it's like our equipment reps at the hospital it's like one day they're working for one company and then you don't see them for a month because they have a non-compete and they come back for a, a competing company it's just and you see brewers doing this too it's really wild to me, and I think I think that like the American craft beer market is just being flooded with a bunch of shit now because people are just trying to put things out that are going to be the next big hit instead of actually trying to be hone their craft and just and just make good beer. Like this is just good beer, you know. Which is why it's been around since, what did you say, 1644? 1634. 34, there you go. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. 3.98. That's your that's your final rating? Yeah. All right. Well, well done. All right. Hey, this has been Hey Mike, What You Drinking? with uh, Polliner Oktoberfest. Well done, Mike. Much appreciated. We are going to... Uh, very nice. We are going to... Um, Listen to the halftime report from our buddies, Ross and Brian from the stadium. And then after that's done, we'll be back with more fun for you. <clears throat> so we're in the line for uh, halftime refreshments at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's currently Tottenham Hotspur 2, Leicester City 2. Brian, thoughts? Well, this is, it's still surreal. So the surreality has not worn off at all. Um, I think, I think Ross and I have been talking about how we can kind of see how this team is going to click. You can almost see it out there that it's it's very close to clicking and being a real machine, but the machine still has some bugs, I think we can say. Also some interesting tactical decisions that we know, like, like not a high press, right? The antithesis of uh, the Geng Gangheim press or whatever. Um, which was interesting. Yeah, allowing Leicester, bottom of the league, to have as much of the ball as they like. Essentially, much. it's frustrating. Watch a little bit. Still very exciting. Yeah, tons of very exciting moments. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've hit, we've hit, we scored two goals. We've hit the bar. We had a goal disallowed, and we saved a penalty. Not a bad, not a bad outing for your first time yeah. at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And, uh, we got to hear "God Save the King" for the first time ever sung in the stadium. My first time also. Quite emotional. It was a thing. It and a minute a... silence that was wonderfully yeah. broken yes, by uh, some people whistling <laughs> and then another member of the crowd telling them to...
quote, show some respect, you fucking cunt, which was arguably the highlight of the first 45 minutes, if you are looking at it in a holistic sort of sense. Um, I, I, Ross had a great suggestion, which is potentially um, one of the backline for Basuma, and that might make it might kind of solidify... Hoiberg, Hoiberg for Basuma. Hoiberg, yeah, for Basuma, which I think might kind of solidify that whole area of the pitch, and uh, as well as develop things better. Hold on to the ball. That's what we need to do. Second half, hold on to the ball. All right, we're back. Hey, Steve, I've been wondering, uh, as I always do, what's going on in that that, uh, lunatic mind of yours. You got anything brewing that you could talk with us about and share? No, oh, yes. craft beer. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. And to make it even better, I have witnesses uh, to corroborate what I am about to discuss here. Oh, here we go. So as you'll recall, last time out, I went after uh, the refs and specifically VAR for how it is used. Um, and I would be remiss uh, to, to <laughs> bend to, to the fear that they're trying to uh, instill in me. But I think the refs are, uh, I think the refs are coming after me. I think that they have listened to that podcast. They heard my critiques. They uh, acknowledge that I'm on to them and they are coming after me. And the evidence that I would like to submit. Um, now I take good care of, our cars, right? We use them all the time. Um, regular checkups, you know, all the maintenance done. We get, you know, if there's an issue, it gets replaced. They're, they are well-maintained vehicles. I get to the sporting event uh, at Goodwater uh, on Saturday. And I'm pulling Isaac out of his car seat and I'm going over to say hi to Mike. And Mike turns to me and says, Steve, your car is smoking. And sure enough, I turn around and there's smoke coming from my car. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? You know, we pop the hood, all the smoke's flying out. Uh, you know, we let that engine cool off a bit, let the smoke uh, die down. It's like, oh, you know what? This is kind of weird. Um, but, you know, we got a game to watch. Let's, let's go check it out. On the way home, it happened again. And not only that, but... Uh, it, it got to the point where every single exit I had to pull off to let it cool down so that I could keep going. Cause it just, it was smoking up a storm. It normally takes me about 30 minutes uh, to get to my home from, from good water. It took me five hours. Um, Cause I kept having to pull over, let it die down, let it keep going. The last, the last stretch, you know, right when I got from uh, the Georgia rest stop uh, heading down the, three or four miles uh, that's left all the lights on my dash go up you know this thing is is like running rampant and you know the only thing that makes sense to me given how meticulously maintained the vehicle is is that the referees are trying to do me in they are uh they're scared of the clear evidence that i presented against them and they've sent somebody stateside to mess around with my mode of transportation in the hopes of scaring me off criticizing them in future episodes of wicked spursy and i am going to sit here uh right in front of you guys as my witnesses and and let these refs know that they can't bully me 
I'm not scared of them, but if they go after my son like that, I will find them. I will fucking Liam Neeson and take and go after each and every single one of them. I don't have a particular set of skills. In fact, I have no skills. Let's be honest. I'm an analyst, which just means that I read and hope that I'm right. Um, but I will find them. I will find a way to get to them. I will fucking put Lee Dixon's head into a goddamn toilet and flush it for him to give me all the information I need. But they're onto me. They're after me. And Mike was there. He he saw it happen. He knows I'm not full of shit in this instance. Um, yeah. Fuck you, Premier League refs. You can't scare me. So, Steve, um, I hate to break it to you, but your your hypothesis this time is impossible. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, these you're these the one that messed with my car. These referees you're talking about. Who do they work for? I'm asking you the question. Who do they work for? I'm assuming the uh, new King of England. Fair. Yeah. Right. Because the King of England does run the Premier League. Right. Well, um, to be fair, so they are, they I are... have made fun of him for being an absolutely atrocious human being who has absolutely no right to be in any sort of limelight for any reason whatsoever. So I can only assume that that played a role in uh, him sending the uh, Premier League match officials after me. So here goes Steve picking on 75-year-old men who've just been waiting to get a job their entire life. But uh, that aside, um, Steve, the reason why these guys have nothing to do with you... (laughs) Right, he sure did. (laughs) The reason they can't... I I need you to think about this for a minute. What side of the road do they drive on in England, Steve? The right side or the left side? The wrong side. The wrong side, exactly. So everything if they came over and tried to mess with your car everything in your car is backwards from what they're used to the entire engine is is designed in a backwards way and they wouldn't know what to do with anything so it's impossible that these premier league refs but you see dave this is why i made it home safely and did not perish in a fiery wreck because Because it was all backwards wrong thing (laughs) and it didn't do what they had intended you don't you don't think he was ready for that I I can get on board with that, Steve. <laughs> uh, that argument holds water. I'm I'm good with that. And, and Dave, just in case that that didn't completely push you over the edge, I would like to remind you just how inept they are in their day to day job. I don't think that they are particularly excelling at any sort of espionage as well. If they're bad at their job, they're not going to do anything right. I mean, that's their livelihood, and they can't even fucking get a goddamn decision correct. There you have it. Mike, what do you think about that? Um, I was there. <laughs> correct, I did say. Did it look like an English job? That's the question. No, it looked like a <laughs> shitty, it looked like a shitty mechanic topped off his fucking fluids. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> he he was burning coolant, wasn't he? That was, yeah, oh yeah, dude. Like the coolant cap had popped off, and there was a reason for that. I have very little knowledge on cars. I can do brake jobs. I do brake jobs. Um, and I can do, and I can replace an alternator, serpentine belt, all that shit, filters, that kind of stuff. I don't mess with the electrical systems. I don't, and I sure as shit don't mess with radiators. But I can tell you by looking at the fluid levels, even after that, that, that coolant cap had popped off, that fucking coolant was still an inch and a half over the top of the max fill line. Gotcha. Okay. And anybody who, 
you should teach your kids this one simple lesson here. The simple lesson is that don't measure the coolant when it's cold. You measure the coolant when it's warm. Because the coolant when it's cold is going to be at that low level. As it as it heats up, it, it becomes a little bit thinner and your coolant level rises. And this was way the fuck over. And he had already lost his entire engine compartment was completely filled with just sprayed coolant. It had sprayed <laughs> everywhere. And it, who the fuck knows how long he had been driving like that. But I have to tell you, find a new mechanic. And I can suggest one to you off air here. I maintain. Or I can, that I can suggest is... one to you on air. He's right in Georgia. Luke Shagnon at Halford Motors. Wonderful dude. There you go. Luke, we have a sponsorship opening. If you're interested, we we do have the the local mechanic slot is still available, so that could be. I give him play. so much money every time I go there. He gives me a a, a new product, a hat, or a, a, a you know, a sticker or something. <laughs> I, I spent so much money there. Like, Luke, Luke is, 2014 Corolla. Luke is saying to this to, to himself, like, "Oh, here comes that schmuck Mike again." I overcharge him and give him a trucker hat, and he's totally happy. All right, hey Mike, here's a sticker. <laughs> Put this on the back of your vehicle, right? Oh no, yeah, yeah. He gave me a winter hat one year. It was a nice toque. And then the next, the next time I came in, uh, I I got uh I got some work done on the car, and uh, I got a nice felt line or felt lined uh, hat. It was very nice. It was very warm, and uh, I, I think I don't know what he can do to up that hat, but like, or fleece lined hat, not felt, uh, fleece, <laughs> or, or felt. Felt is, felt is a nice, uh... <laughs> that's a very nice felt all right uh let's let, gentlemen let's let's look ahead uh we got we got the international break for the next couple of weeks got a special guest coming up next week uh when you guys want to talk about our guests that's joining us it's worth a little preview wouldn't you say yeah i i think so i think mike's got the uh got the in here he 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 should be the one to introduce it yeah so uh we we have uh, next week. I, I know Steve did all the legwork on this, um, but um, we have uh, Keel from uh, Vermont Green FC coming on. Uh, Vermont Green FC is our um, is our local football team um, here in uh, Burlington, Vermont. They, uh, but they mightily um, represented the entire state in, in, uh, this past soccer season. Um, summer soccer season they're a usl2 team which is a developmental league um i belong to uh i'm one of the one of the founding members and and uh i belong to the uh, green mountain boys b-h-o-y-s uh like like celtics uh supporters group that we named ourselves after uh their supporters group um and threw a little vermont twist in there um so the green mountain boys uh supporters group uh and we, as an organization, kind of try to help um, bring the vision of green uh, of, of the Vermont Green FC uh, to fruition. And the way we do that is community outreach and that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not going to take too much from from Keel and uh, his message, but um, I'm I'm very excited to uh, to have him on. 
It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, so next week will be entirely Vermont Green FC focused, which is a nice little little twist for us during the break. So we are definitely looking forward to that. And Keel, if you hear this, uh, we're glad to have you as a loyal listener from here on out as well. Um, Steve, let's come to you. Let's talk closing thoughts or how you want to wrap things up for, for today's spot. Oh, gosh, closing thoughts. Um, well, I don't really have very many thoughts. Uh, I'm still stewing in my uh, near-death experience due to uh, some Premier League misfortune that I maintain is the legitimate reason uh, for my car troubles. But, uh, no, you know, I, I'm looking forward to not so much the international break, but the what's to come after. I'm looking forward to our guest. I'm looking forward to some nonstop soccer from the time they return until literally like the end of the season. I don't know when it's going to stop. It seems like we've got two or three games a week, every single week. Uh, and, and I'm here for that. Um, it's gotta be absolutely brutal on the, uh, on the players to play so frequently in, in so many high level competitions, but, uh, hell I'm not out there running with them. So fuck it. I could just criticize them and, uh, you know, from safely behind my computer and I'll pull a muscle when I get up after this to, uh, you know, go walk back downstairs. <laughs> That's our guy, Steve, Mike, how about you? Uh, closing <clears throat> wrap up thoughts. Uh, I don't have much uh, of a closing thought. Um, I, I, I would like to kind of just discuss uh, what's coming up uh, for the U.S. men's national team uh, in September. Um, there were some significant snubs, uh, some significant uh, folks left off the roster. Um, and... Um, we can confirm that Zach Steffen was left off the roster because of injury, not because he sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach Steffen, he, he is a, uh, he, I, I, I'm sorry, but he is a uh, poor man's Ederson. It's, uh, he just is. Um, he plays that way, except I, I, I think he's uh, a much weaker shot stopper, which Ederson is not anyway. Ederson is not a good shot stopper. Uh, Ederson is a center back who was allowed to touch the ball with his hands. Um, other members that were left off were Christian Roldan, uh, Anthony Robinson, who uh, you'll know plays for, uh, is a, he's plays for Fulham, right? Um, Brendan Aronson is, uh, has been picked again. Uh, obviously, uh, Ricardo Pepe, uh, our old friend uh, CCV is there. I think I think this international. No, he's break, off now because he's injured. Oh, he just got injured. I'm pretty sure he just got injured. Ugh. Let me uh, let me fact check myself. Well, I know I know Miles Robinson also uh, Jedi's brother got left off, but um, <clears throat> you'll see Ricardo Pepe, who's uh, yeah, he's injured. Fantastic young uh, young forward. Uh, Josh Sargent's going to be there. Uh, he's playing with Norwich right now, um, but there, I, we have Sam Vines back, DeAndre Yedlin. Um, so I mean, a, another old friend uh, of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, but there are some like really notable players that got left off, and one of them is Jordan Prefolk, um, which he is right. He is the striker for Union Berlin, 
who is actually leading the Bundesliga right now. Um, he is a top player. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that, like, it doesn't mean that he's off the World Cup squad, but I think it 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 means that there are just so many good American forwards and uh, that um, that he's just not the best of the best. You know, you have you have um, in Berhalter's system, you have. Uh, a three-man front, right? That that it's he plays a four-two-three-one, really. Um, so, you know, there's just not going to be spots for some of these young, really young, talented players. Um, Tim Ream is not there, and he's always he's always been picked. He's uh, the, his problem is that he's not fast. <laughs> he's just not quick enough uh, as a center back. Um, James Sands is not there. Also lack of speed issues. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, you're going to see the Weston McKennies. You're going to see Serginio Dest. You're going to – those players who are going to be on the World Cup team, um, whether they get minutes in the international break or not, doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, those are the mainstays. Christian Pulisic, uh, Brennan Erickson are going to be there on that, on that club. But – I think going forward that the men's national, the U.S. men's national team has some, and Berhalter in general has some really, really tough decisions to make on his forwards and his, uh, and his, his with his fullbacks, center backs. That's it. That's it. That's all you got for closing thoughts? Just just U.S. men's an analysis? Uh, well, I, I can go with closing thoughts. I mean, my closing thoughts are these then. Uh, with with Tottenham Hotspur, Dave, you guilted me into it. Hey, man, uh, just just trying. Because all of our global listeners are like, I don't give a crap about that. They, they, no, but they you hear, know what? We have a lot of American listeners too. And, we do. And but you know, Mike, I'm here, for, I'm here for everybody. I'm here for everyone. I'm not just here for your, you know, Trumpy American only crew. Listen, Ooh. if I'm a nationalist, it's only with my it's only with my sports. <laughs> my, so Mike's a nationalist. You heard it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We knew it, Mike. Nationalist. We knew it. I'm. I'm. I'm a sports nationalist. Nationalist. Um, I. I, I do love right. the U.S. men's national team. A lot of a lot of people in us in this country loathe the U.S. men's <laughs> national team. Uh, I'm. I'm talking about one uh, fellow in particular that that we all know that for, for some reason hates the U.S. men's national team and wants them to fail at every turn. Um, but I do not. Um, looking ahead to, to the continuation of the Spurs season, um, I think we're going to continue to see an evolution of this team. Um, I think Conte knows now that he has to rotate the team a little more. Um, and we have a lot of important games coming up. I think October is going to be tough but favorable um, for Spurs, and uh, I think October is the this, the month that I think is going to we're we're going to rack up a lot of points in the league, and people need to chill the fuck out with the Champions <laughs> League loss to Sporting, because we get to play them at home, you know we get to play games at home, we get to play Frankfurt next at home, right? So don't worry about it. 
Europa, Spurs are be Europa fine. League winners. Yes, they are the Europa League winners, and yeah. and uh, they did they did just beat Marseille. Which they're actually my like, favorite German team. It's going to be interesting for me to watch Spurs. You love, you love uh, yeah. hot dogs, apparently. <laughs> You're a Frankfurter. That's exactly it. He's a Frankfurter. <laughs> it, it actually is because of the fact that uh, my German ancestry is from very, very nearby Frankfurt. So just so you knew that, there was, there was a rationale. Not my love of hot dogs. I'm not going to make a nationalist joke about that. Not my love of hot dogs. I'm not going to make a nationalist joke about that then. About your German heritage. All right, I th- I think we're done, gents. <laughs> and and <laughs> well, Mike is because a, I'm nearly Mike, Mike is a nationalist. All right, boys. So uh, wrapping things up, closing things out. Steve, what do you always like to say? I forgot. Don't be an asshole, Mike. <laughs> what do you always like to say? Steve, Steve's not allowed to swear right now. That's that's what just happened. <laughs> um, be safe, everyone. Damn. And. Quiz, 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 quiz. And by the way, thanks, Ross and Brian, for your uh, your play-by-play at the stadium. Much appreciated. We're Love out. You guys. Look forward to hearing from you again. <laughs>